Hey. Love you. Love you too. Hey, North Central, how are you? You good? Very cool. Hey, listen, you didn't get that all, that message. Uh, great to have President Scott Hagen come through. There was one bit that was particularly hard to understand. What he actually said was um, that every student that goes home for the week gets $1,000. And I just, I just wanted to fill the gap in there. You, you may not have caught that. Um, I had the privilege also in Australia of being president of Alpha Crucis College. So I bring you greetings from Alpha Crucis College uh, in Australia. And uh, we are on a journey to become the first non-Catholic Christian university in the history of our nation. And uh, can you believe that? Where there's no, there's no evangelical or spirit-filled colleges in our country, and we're probably four or five years out. And, uh, and so it's a, a, it's a special joy for me to be here. Uh, I think I spoke seven years ago or so. I couldn't have done all that good because they didn't get me back all that soon. But uh, um, hopefully we'll give it a shot today. Good to have my uh, compatriot there, Todd from Aussie. And, uh, and so why don't you come with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. We travel, my wife and I, 300 nights a year. So I'm in my own bed 60 nights a year. And that's not because she kicks me out the rest of the time. Uh, people, people ask me, how do you cope how, with all the jet lag and all that kind of stuff? We spent about five months in the US and about uh, four, three, four months up in the UK, Europe, a bunch of time in Asia and South America and so forth. And I have a simple answer. I say simply... And uh, excuse me, this is not culturally relevant, but I'm Australian, and that's my excuse. Um, people say, how do you cope? And I say, simple, four bo three bottles a day. That really helps me a lot. Um, three bottles a day. Um, the first bottle is, uh, is eye drops, because I have bloodshot eyes a lot. And a uh, bit of nervous laughter, come on. <laughs> and, and, and I found, I was putting eye drops in, not through my eye... I, not through my glass, I only need this to see, but I put it in, and here's what happened spontaneously. I opened my mouth. I thought, I tried it again. I thought, I'll try and stop doing it. I thought, I don't want to drink it. I just want to put it in my eyes. As I did that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, that's what I want to happen for you. As I open your eyes to something new, I want it to be that you can't help but open your mouth and actually confess out what I am doing in your life. Powerful thing, confessing what God does. Second one was nasal spray because I'm blocked up with air conditioning and stuff, you know. And uh, and and there's something nice about nasal spray. Kind of instantly, it's almost like ah, my my prayer for you today is as we open God's word together that God will give a fresh draft of the breath. We talked about the breath before His last breath that you you, you would get filled up with the fresh breath of God. The third bottle, and honestly, I don't think I even need this. But my wife of 34 years, uh, you know, I love her. I'd like you to continue to be my wife. Uh, she claims from time to time that I snore. And uh, I've no proof of it. But again, I, I'll just, you know, be a dutiful. And so I, I got one of these at, at CVS. It's shaped like a fire extinguisher. And it's called Snore Stop. And uh, I thought I'll give it a bit of a dry run before I actually get to use it at night. And, uh, and so I, I got away by myself and I up my nose and nearly burnt the inside of my brain out. I thought, no wonder you don't flip and snore. There's nothing left inside your head. And then I read the instructions. It said, spray it in your throat. Uh, so, so my prayer for you today 
is that as God opens your eyes, that you wouldn't be able to help but open your mouth and actually confess out the good things He's doing. My prayer for you today is that as we open God's Word together, you'd have a fresh, deep draft of the breath of God. My prayer for us all today is that we would follow the instructions. Father, thank You for Your Word. Lord, Your Word is truth. And today we lean in, mix Your Word with faith, Lord, that it would do us absolutely good. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. I was, uh, I was brought up in a Catholic family, Roman Catholic family, and uh, really didn't know Jesus. And uh, I, I went right away from God, did my party scene and so forth from about 18 to 21, 22. And, uh, but, but as a young boy, as a young boy, um, when I was about, I think about nine or 10, um, there was a priest that came to our Catholic school. And he actually spoke to the young guys and said, hey, some of you young guys should consider being a priest or a teaching brother. And, uh, and, and it, we're in the playground and the other guys were gigging out just like, yeah, I can imagine that. You'd have to wear a dress and everything like that. And I went along with the joke. But inside my little heart, I can distinctly remember this. I thought, if God's real, I can't think of anything I'd want to do but serve him for the rest of my life. I soon realised that you know, God had put another gender on planet Earth and that that was incongruous with being a priest or a brother. So I quickly ditched the call and made some friends. Um, and, uh, but then again, again when I was about 23, I was sitting in the front seat of my senior pastor, Brian Houston's car. And uh, he said, you know, church was going crazy. We were very early days of Hillsong Church. And, uh, and, and he said, I want you to know one day if, if this keeps going, he said, you're the kind of guy I'd love to have on staff. And I'm a teen. And I, I, wanted, I was in a business suit. I was a marketing guy. And uh, I wanted to just shake his hand and say, yeah, let me pray about that. But I erupted in ridiculous tears, like liquid everywhere. And sobbing like a baby in the front seat of my pastor's car. How embarrassment. And, uh, but there was something, you know, God called you. <laughs> God called you. Why did God call you? Why did God call you? You know you. I know me. Why did God call you? God called you because he saw in you a seed of greatness that this world needs. God called you through the sacrifice of his own son, Jesus. So when he looks at you and he looks at me, he doesn't look at all the stuff. He looks at us through the blood of Jesus. I want to talk to you today about forgotten favour. Have you ever forgotten something? What are the things you forget? The, the post-it note people, they did a survey about 2,000 Americans and uh, basically asked the things that we forget the most. What do you think was, was number one? Keys, absolutely. Wallets, sometimes phones, although phones less so these days because our life is in there. So we hold on to them for a precious life. People said that sometimes they go into a room in their house and forget why they went. Other people go to the store and say, what the heck did I come here for? Some people said they went to a mall, parked their car, went back and rang 911 because it was stolen, only to realise they're on the wrong floor from where they parked it. My mother, we had seven kids. I was the oldest of seven kids. And she used to go through sometimes four names of kids before she got to the right one. You can forget, you can forget a lot of things, but don't forget the favour of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about just for an hour and a half or so this morning. And... Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. 
It says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need to help, to help in time of need. We can come boldly before God's throne because of the throne of grace. Uh, my son, we've got three kids, uh, th- we've got three kids and one wife, which is kind of cool. Um, our kids and our kid olds, 32, 30, and 28. And uh, my 30 year old's a lawyer. He's just, they've just given us our second grandson. He's only a couple of weeks old, which is why my wife is back in Australia. And, uh, and so Ryan is about six foot three, is, plays football, he's a worship leader, and so forth. But imagine when he was about five. Imagine how I would have felt if he came up to me and started to beg me, Daddy, Daddy, I haven't had, could you just give me some food? Imagine how I'd feel. It's like, son, I'm your dad. You can have whatever you like. Have candy, soda, ice cream, chocolate. Just don't tell your mother, right? (laughs) There's something about the father's heart that understands you want to do good things for your kids. Uh, And, you know, we laugh at that. But the truth is, sometimes we treat God the same way. It's like, God, can I have that healing, please? Almost as if he's like... Come on, a bit more, a bit more grovel, a bit more grovel. God, can you get my school fees paid? Yeah, no, that's a biggie. God is your father. Good, good father is not just a great song to sing on Father's Day. It's true. It's true. He absolutely is a good, good father. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. Now, here's, here's, it goes on and says, oh, portable. We can... <laughs> We could play dial a word with this one. (laughs) It says we could obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, now often those things are smushed together. I love that word. Everyone say smush. Smush, it's a good word. But they're actually different. They're actually different. Mercy, on one hand, is that you don't get the bad things that you deserve. That's mercy. Grace is that you get the good things that you don't deserve. So they're actually different. And you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, an oldie bit of goldie, verse 21, it says, it, 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 it talks about the fact that, that, that him who knew no sin became sin for us. That's mercy. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's grace. Mercy and grace. Now we tend to do pretty good with the mercy part. We are, and that's a good deal. Let me, I'm not de- de- deriding mercy. You don't get eternal death. How many are pretty happy about that one? You don't get hell and damnation. Well, I'm, I'm, that's, that's, thank you, God. I'm really pleased about that. You are forgiven of your sin and you don't have the second death. Mercy is a good deal. But grace is the other part of the covenant. Grace means that you get healed as well. It's all part of the same thing. Grace means that you get the blessing of God. You get the prosperity of God in, it, in the fullness, in fullness extent. We're pretty good with mercy, but we don't necessarily do all that well with grace. You, you go right through Scripture and there are examples of that same kind of dichotomy, even in the Old Testament. Who's our, our couple of guys here? Who was it? Quickly, you come. Come on, come on. Give them a hand as they come, my two victims, my illustration. Come on. Come on, you can do it. You stand there, you come over here. So it was, what's your name again? Peter, Peter and Evan. 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 Peter and Evan. Say hi, Pete and Evan. 
Great. Be quiet, you're taking up with time. Leviticus chapter four, all right? It speaks about the burnt, uh, sorry, the sin offering. I'm sorry, Pete, this is not gonna end well for you. Um, so, so, so we have bull number one and bull number two. Bull number one, bull number one and bull number two. Thank you. <laughs> so so we, have, we have, submission is a very important principle to get down early on. So bull number one, in Leviticus chapter four, all right, it actually speaks of the sin offering. The priest laid hands on bull number one and the sin of the people and the priest came on the bull without spot or blemish and he was burnt. That's the sin offering, that's mercy. In Leviticus chapter one, it's the opposite. This bull without spot or blemish, I'm sure you'll agree, The priest, the priest laid hands on the spotless bull without blemish and, and the purity of the bull came onto the priest and on the people, that's grace. So mercy and grace, come in here real quick. At the cross, Jesus was both our sin sacrifice and our burnt offering. He was our mercy and our grace. And when we forget the favour of God, we only cleave to one half of that. We miss the fact that that salvation in its entirety is the whole package. Interesting thought. This burnt offering happened twice a day. Jesus really wanted us to remember His grace and favour. This sin offering did not happen. It was every now and then, every day. And so Jesus did not want us so focused on our sin that we forgot the favour of God. When you understand the favour of God, you live a life accordingly and everything in your life changes. Why don't you thank our two bulls? Jesus knew we would forget. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about the communion feast, the, 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 the Lord's table. And he took the bread, broke it, and he said, as often as you do this, help me now, do it in remembrance of me. He knew we'd forget. After supper, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. He gave thanks, drank and said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. He knew we'd forget. And so this whole notion of the favour of God, I've got to be honest with you, probably for the first 15 years, all the time I was with Hillsong, I was, I was confident on the outside. I was able to shake hands, big smile, like a laugh. But on the inside, I was racked with pathetic insecurity. That voice in my head, am I really doing good enough? You know, men and women, girls and guys, some of us different to that. You know, women look in the mirror and see all the, 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 the lumps in the wrong places. Guys, no matter how big the lumps are, it's like, all right. You know. <laughs> guys may not know, may not say, am I pretty enough? But they might not say, they might say have, I, have I got what it takes? That, that was a constant battle. When I think about the junk that I received as okay and I fought within my head, the energy that that sapped, and there's a bunch of outstanding future world changes. Whether you're called to the marketplace, our, our, our budding university, we've got three, uh, three distinct but related faculties. We've got theology and ministry. We've got leadership and business. 
and we've got sociology, history and education. I love marketplace stuff. Most of our, two thirds of our kids are in the marketplace. I said, my son's a lawyer, our daughter's a film producer. Our daughter actually, our youngest daughter, she's actually a pastor in LA with uh, Philip and Holly Wagner over their Oasis Church. God's favour's on you. God's favour is on you. That, 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 that extends. When you get that when, that, when that thought, that revelation drops from your head to your heart, everything changes. And I know if I said to you, is God's favour on you? Yeah, 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 God's favour's on me. But so often we live like we don't believe it. We live as if that's not the case. I lived for many years like that wasn't the case. I had a pretty broken background. My, I'm a first generation Christian. I was, I was 14 years of age. I was sexually abused by a male. And that messed my sexuality up for the next handful of years, just proving my heterosexuality. Hurt a lot of people in the process. Ended up with a teenage pregnancy at 18. Um, and we're going to get married. We were going out for 18 months and prior to that and, and uh, dropped out of commerce law and, um, and, and, and raised a lot of money to, 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 get, to get married. Fell badly apart. She married someone a bit older than her, friend of the family, and I never saw the child. The baby was born on my birthday. So every year it would come around and I'd say, my gosh, January the 9th, that's my birthday. In case you want to take a note, send me letters, cards, whatever, <laughs> presents. I wonder how old she is now. So I, I nearly got killed in a, in a car accident. Should have been killed. Had a little scratch on my back. Was, was drinking a lot. And, uh, and, and realised I, I was just, I, I was confronted with a turn. You know, we, work, we walk with our noses pressed up against a thin membrane called forever. One tear in that membrane. And we're catapulted for eternity to be with or without God. That's not just us. That's everyone we meet. So I was confronted with that. And, and by God's grace, I, I found my way to Christian Life Center in the city, which is now one of the Hillsong campuses. Pastor Brian Houston was preaching one of the first messages that he'd ever preached at his dad's church that night. I responded and grabbed his coattails and never really let go. Um, I got married, met my wife, we had kids, and uh, we then were sent out to take over a church ourselves. I was preaching one Sunday night and a couple of people responded. And at the end of the service, in the foyer afterwards, one of them came up to me and said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure, pastor, to a new Christian, as you do. This beautiful 18-year-old girl looked at me in the eyes and she said, I'm your daughter. First time I ever laid eyes on her. I said, I'm really pleased to meet you. Can I give you a hug? So there was hugging my daughter in the church foyer of the church we were pastoring. I'll never forget those words. It's, it might sound a bit theologically lame for a bunch of really smart students, but sometimes it gets so complex, honestly. I've been doing this for a long time, seeing some amazing things. It's so simple. I'm your dad, I'm your, I'm your son, I'm your daughter. You can always come back to that bedrock. And when that revelation hits your heart, you know, as a dad, my heart did cartwheels as my estranged daughter came back into my life. If me as a dude, even though I was a pastor, I was still broken and trying to work it all out. If, if my heart did cartwheels, how much more your heavenly father at any stage, you can turn your head back to home and say, God, I'm your son, I'm your daughter. Will you have me back home? Mercy and grace. Don't forget the favour of God. Ephesians 2.8, another oldie but a goldie. 
The, the scripture says it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not faith by faith through grace. It's by grace through faith. That word saved is an interesting one. The word sozo in the original language. And it, it, it doesn't just mean mercy. It doesn't just mean forgiveness of sin. It actually has a whole swag of meanings and all embracing, as I said before, healing, blessing, prosperity, the, the goodness of God infused into you. God's heart, when he, when he took that sin upon that cross, He took a whole bunch, bunch more. Let's understand as you embark, some of you are seniors, some sophomores, some, what's the first year? Freshman. It's genderist. Freshman. Should be fresh person. <laughs> no matter who you are or how you got here, you got called by God. And the call of God is as, as strong today in heaven as that first day that I was a blubbering mess in my senior pastor's car. That call today, no matter how vibrant, no matter how much verve it carries in your own heart, that call today in heaven is as real as it ever was. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He doesn't say, Look under your faith. There's a little lady in Matthew chapter 9, I'll finish with this, which for a preacher means nothing. Can you be a G? I might sing this bit actually. Only joking. This little lady had a bleeding issue for 12 years. And uh, she was not only, not only affected her personally, affected her socially, she was an outcast. And one day she heard Jesus was coming through town. She knew that if she could battle through the crowd, she shouldn't have even been with the crowd. She thought, hang that, I need healing. She looked at Jesus. She grabbed the hem of his garment and she was healed. He turned around and said, woman, your faith has made you whole. Here's what she didn't do. She didn't walk around in circles saying, whoo, 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 I've got to get more faith, more faith. I've got to get more faith. I've got to get more faith. She just saw his grace. You see, sometimes focus on our own faith can be the very impediment that, we, that stands between us and the miracle that we're needing. As you look to his face, Faith comes. As you look to His faith, grace comes. As you look to His Word, faith comes. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In 1 John 4.9, it says we love Him because He first loved us. Don't get too hung up about whether you love God enough. Just get hung up on anything, how much He loves you. As you, as you actually breathe out, there's a whole lot of breathe in Christianity. <laughs> Just breathe out. The work's been done, as Todd said before. It's finished. The greatest gift that you can give anyone you're ministering to outside of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is your own freed up spirit. I was bound up for so way too long. I still mess, get messed up at times. I still have those, the ghosts of the old, the old man rattle. But when you know the favour of God in your heart of hearts, it's the most freeing thing that, that when you open your eyes this morning, up there in the corporate boxes, when you open your eyes this morning, heaven was excited. Heaven said, yes, 
I don't know whether exactly what they said, but you know what I'm saying? Heaven is excited about you. That call is as resounding as it ever has been over your life. And I don't need to be a prophet today to realise there'd be some of you and that call is right now so muted, covered up in exams and assignments and where am I going to get my fees from and all of that kind of stuff. Don't allow the enemy to get inside your head and in any way allow you to forget the favour of God. Come on, let's all stand right across the house. I was going to pray for you today, but I'm not. I'm going to prophesy over you. And, and, and here's the difference. I don't need to pray and beg that God would put His favour on you. I need to prophesy that that is what is and prophesy that you will have a revelation of that, that that will drop from your head to your heart. Come on, right across here, right up in. Why don't we lift our hands to heaven right now? Jesus, it is what it is. Your word is truth. And you say that these men and women are favoured by you. Lord, it's not just mercy that saves us from our sin. It's grace and the things that we get we didn't deserve. God, I prophesy the favour of God. I prophesy the opening of hearts and eyes. I prophesy the blessing and the prosperity of God over every single individual here. God, I pray that we'd walk with our heads held high, with our shoulders back, knowing that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Lord, when we get into strife or it gets too complicated, as we turn to You, God, we just say, I'm Your son and I'm Your daughter. And we experience the infusion of favour and grace from our good, good Father. Favour of God. The favour of you are favoured. You are his favourite. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Can you thank God for his favour? Come on. Can you thank God for his favour? Hey, thanks for leaning in and for trying to understand my, my accent. And uh, have a brilliant day today. I think you've got a town hall meeting or something after this. God bless you. See you next time.